Welcome to the Shockwave Therapy Podcast. My name is James Woolwich, Osteopath and Clinical Director at the Abbeyfields Clinic in Suffolk. We will be trying to demystify the concept of shockwave treatment whilst bringing together experts in their field to discuss the latest research. If you are deciding on whether to add this modality into your clinic or just improve the way you deliver it, then we hope this is the podcast for you. Today, we are joined by Dr. Thomas Nadelka. He's a consultant neurologist at Charles University in Prague and in private practice. He's the first vice president of the International Society of Medical Shockwave Treatment. He has a special interest in the use of uh, shockwave therapy for chronic low back pain uh, and has published a number of articles on the subject. The one in particular we'll be talking about today uh, is titled The Mechanotransduction Effect of Shockwaves in the Treatment of Lumbar Facet Joint Pain. This was a comparative effectiveness evaluation of shockwave therapy, steroid injections, and radiofrequency medial branch neurotomy. Um, it was an excellent trial, which um, I think everyone will find of interest today who treats low back pain, particularly chronic low back pain. Um, so I'd like to welcome Thomas to the podcast today. Thank you. So thank you, Thomas, um, for joining us this evening. Um, I know we've had some difficulty joining joining together on this, but um, I'm looking forward to your 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 insights in particular on on low back pain. Um, could you could you just give us um, for the for the people out there that don't know you in particular, can you just give us a little bit of how you your, what your work involves uh, in the Czech Republic and your position as a doctor there? Yeah, uh, thank you, James, uh, for your kind invitation, and I hope that uh, uh, the themes uh, we are going to speak about uh, the, today evening uh, will be maybe refreshing and uh, will be a new fresh breeze uh, regarding the use of the shockwave therapy. Sure. Basically, uh, what's uh, sometimes different says that I come from uh, uh, the completely different brand and the musculoskeletal specialists. Basically, I'm a neurologist and I got in touch with the shockwave therapy back in 2006 when we bought the first uh, machine, uh, which was radial. Right. And then uh, we found that uh, uh, it's uh, really effective in some diagnosis, but in uh, another uh the efficacy is somehow lacking so that's why we bought a new um focus device back in 2010 or i don't remember uh, quite well but uh, since that time we have a lot of experiences about the use of the uh, focus devices uh and mm, in our uh country uh, the neurologist also are also responsible for uh, treating um, uh, different types of uh, pain conditions. Right. Uh, even the low back pain, neck pain, uh, failed back syndromes and so on in our country. That's not a domain of neurosurgeons or rheumatologists, but uh, neurologists do so. And uh, this was also my um, uh, point of interest uh, back in the medical faculty. And and then uh, in the university that I uh, oriented my research and my practical knowledge on treating of those painful conditions of spine. Sure. Um, okay, that's, 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 that's interesting to know because neurologists in other countries, they probably wouldn't get involved in low back pain. So 
Um, so I, I, your, your, yeah. your, your, um, your details came to light, I think, because of a colleague, Paul Hobra, did, did a, a nice interview with you about a year ago. And um, so I looked into your, your, your research paper you did in 2014, which I, I thought was really fantastic. Could you, could you just give a quick summary of, of what that, that research was looking at? Definitely. Uh, it was a, a relatively large study. It was comparing the efficacy of uh, radio shockwave therapy to steroid injections and radio frequency treatment, which is considered to, uh, considered to be a gold standard in treatment of uh, facet joint pain in our country and worldwide with the uh, highest level of evidence. Uh, but uh, we, because we are practicing all of those methods, including radio frequency treatment, and we have seen that something is uh, happening, uh, and there are s some uh, serious adverse effects in those invasional methods. I've mm -hmm. um, um, complications, including bleeding, for example. Uh, into the periarticulosis and uh, into the uh, soft tissues um, of spine. And uh, I have also seen uh, some biogenic, uh, like let's say inflammatory treatment. So we, have, we were looking uh, for a method which uh, will be absolutely safe. Uh, and not, and uh, that's uh, why we have focused on uh, the shockwave therapy because we had a good experiences uh, in tendinopathies and calcifying tendinopathies. So I asked myself, why not to try? Why not to use it uh, on the facet joints? Right, and and, and the out, the outcomes were, were were very impressive, weren't they? They they actually were better than better than steroid and just a tiny little bit behind um, the radio frequency. Yes. Um, can I ask you, what, what do you think the mechanisms of action are? I think that the mechanisms uh, are now, when I see the results, and we will uh, talk about it slightly later, uh, because we did another study, which is now still in process, and uh, uh, we are finishing that. We've got a very nice MRI evaluation. Right. And I think that there are two points. First of all, we have to speak about the joint inflammation. Mm -hmm. It's like it's about bone marrow edema, which is usually in uh, effective as a joint. Yeah. Bone marrow changes or an articular process edema uh, in the patients suffering from uh, uh, this kind of lower back pain, which is highly specific. And uh, we have found that after the shockwave therapy, doesn't matter if focus because we have a evidence, MRI evidence of focal therapy, but I think that even in, in radio treatment, uh, we are uh, influencing both capsular joint pain, pain as well as uh, edema or the pain which is outcoming from that. Oh, okay. We, we, well, just to summarize, because we break up a bit of signal there. So you think that, that the, the radial or focus shockwave seems to have an influence on uh, bone marrow edema within the facet joint and general inflammatory changes around the facet joint? Yeah. Oh, okay. Do, do you think it? Do you think it has any role in 
from a denervation point of view in terms of how it might affect uh, the neurology of the area? That's, of course, um, uh, the third player, but uh, it's very hard to investigate the uh, overall functions of the nerves, which uh, innervates the area uh, of facet joint. Uh, so uh, it's uh, very hard to provide uh, uh, evidence that single level application of uh, shockwave therapy had any effect on, for example, EMG or electrophysiology or the nerve conductions. But I think that it's another part uh, of uh, the effect of shockwave therapy. But uh, usually the pain, just the sole pain effect of shockwave therapy is uh, short term, but we gain, gain much better long term results than just uh, the suppression of the nerve uh, and sensory nerve fibers. Is it, was, it, was I right in saying that your, your follow-up data went for as long as 12 months? Was that right? Yeah. It, oh. was, it was one year, 12 months, in both of the studies of radial as well as the focus device. Right. So that, that, that's the one. I think we lost a bit of reception there as well. So your, your current... The current study that you've done is on a, on focus shockwave for the, the same condition, uh, but but results are pending yeah, for that. You're yeah. just you're collating the results now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. But you're what would I won't, I won't ask you to give too much away. So we'll we'll, we'll move we'll move on from that. But um, so so when huh. the, the thing that people are gonna are gonna ask, I think is uh, I think you used ultrasound guided imaging to help uh, to help with where you you place the applicator on the lumbar spine. For those for those of us that don't have um, the, that that sort of guidance, um, mm -hmm. is there any advice you can you can give to to people on patient positioning? Were they always in prone position, and um, what sort of angle of attack did you use, or did you use landmarks to try and achieve um, where you yeah. were going to be providing the energy? That's the reason why I used the ultrasound focusing. Right. Uh, because in, uh, for example, when we have uh, obese patients uh, with higher uh, body mass index, um, we are in a higher depth of application. So uh, that's why uh, I'm looking uh, uh, onto the ultrasound screen and I'm putting uh, the landmarks on the skin, uh, the points, just above the area. So I use, um, when we are speaking about the angle of attack, I use uh, 30 degrees uh, of angle um, uh, from lateral part of uh, affected facet joint. And it's necessary to keep in mind that we uh, are able to use the landmark on, uh, let's say, more skinny people. But uh, when the there's more um, uh, fat tissue. It's very hard to find the landmark. So that's the um, highest uh, advantage and the biggest adv advantage of ultrasound imaging that right. we can uh, look at the deeper structures. But generally speaking, the, uh, uh, we can combine the even with the uh, clinical focus. When we have, uh, uh, because uh, in our pain clinic, we uh, run the rehabilitation and pain and neurology department. Uh, we are usually doing uh, the local anesthesia meet 
deal branch blocks to find if uh, it's temporarily effective on the pain sensation. So when we are successful uh, in the, uh, let's say, facet uh, joint or medial branch block, uh, you, we uh, we have a patient with the facet joint pain. It's very hard to estimate that the patient is having this kind of pain just from the clinical examination, yes. according to, uh, to, to to the data uh, which is published as well. But if the patient responds to the LA board, uh, or if uh, he's having the typical, uh, let's say, um, extensional pain, uh, um, which is uh, of uh, uh, which which is purely axial or slightly paraaxial. We have a, a typical patient with the passenger event, and then we use the combination credit and uh, clinical uh, focusing. So the angle of uh, attack is around thirty uh, degrees from the lateral part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it's the the applicator is slightly inclined, and then it's necessary also to um, uh, remind that we have to uh, apply the shockwave therapy in multiple levels because uh, the innervation of the facet joint uh, with possible uh, source of um, uh, nerve irritation, and we are speaking uh, about nerve dysfunction. Uh, the peripheral nerve dysfunction or the uh, medial branch irritation, uh, the facet joints are, um, are, are innervated in, in, in two. So it's necessary, from my point of view, it's necessary to apply it at least on two um, uh, segments of the lower back. So if uh, we have uh, for example, L4-5 irritation, I us- usually use L3-4, L4-5, but also L5-S1 um, uh, multiple level uh, application because it's very hard to estimate which level exactly yes. uh, is uh, the affected one. We can see slice of the facet joint on um, MRI, rarely on ultrasound, but usually we perform the MRI uh, in our patients. Uh, but uh, uh, the facet joint pain is the clinical diagnosis. Okay. And what could uh, I, and, could uh, I... It's necessary to apply multiple levels. And could I ask, um, I, I think you, you use a Storz machine, don't you? Storz radial machine. And what, what applicator do you... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What applicator do you yeah, use, I, I, Thomas, for this? Yeah, uh, we use the Schwartz Dualet system, which uh, has both focus and radial option. Yes. And uh, when we are purely speaking about a radial applicator, uh, we use the uh, the deep type. I'm uh, I'm not sure what's the name of it, but uh, the type of the applicator for uh, the uh, deeper structures. Uh, um, so is it has it has it got a gold? Is it a gold tip conical shape? The gold one or the, the t- titanium one? Yeah, yeah, the gold the, the gold one. That's the one. Okay, yeah, fine. That's it. And and what sort of have you come to a conclusion? Do you think about uh, Hertz and about bar pressure? Uh, we use, uh, you mean the frequency? Yes. Uh, we usually use the lower frequencies, uh, from six to 
8, maximum 6 to 10 hertz, but we are usually not working at the time uh, stress. Uh, so uh, from our point of view, the lower frequencies were uh, uh, had better results. I don't know the reason for that, but we usually use uh, frequency settings uh, around 6 uh, to, to 8 hertz, not more. Okay. And uh, when we speak about the pressure uh, of the radial pressure waves or radial shock waves, uh, we usually use 3.5 and more bars. So okay. uh, 3.5 to 4.5. So we are speaking about higher levels of energy, which is delivered. And if if you're talking about three three levels that you are affecting uh, the treatment, do you do you say do one thousand impulses for each level? Is there a is there a, a number that you try and fix to? Yeah, usually one thousand uh, at least. So uh, it's the minimum dose. Okay. But per one segment, we usually use 1,000, 1,200. And do you, do you see these patients for five sessions over five weeks? Or how do you usually run that clinic? Yeah, definitely. Five, uh, five sessions uh, uh, and the intervals are, intervals are weekly. So five sessions in five weeks. That's okay, true. right. Um, and so, if, if we if we go back to the idea, because I remember when I when you spoke with Paul Hober that you were we were reasonably excited. Now you had the, that you were using some focused uh, devices for this, and you uh -huh. you you, you are, have some trials pending. But what what is your initial thoughts on um, on what what your net? If you if you were in clinic tomorrow and you had patients with facet pain uh, in this scenario, do you tend to find that you are getting slightly better results with focused or combination of both or what? Well. Uh... There was uh, one reason which is very important uh, in the kind in this kind of treatment, and that reason was that we didn't succeed uh, in uh, uh, with uh, influencing the facet joint pain uh, with radial device in obese patients, uh, uh. more uh, with the BMI higher than twenty eight. So not so obese, but uh, with uh, higher uh, BMI. Right. And uh, when we consider how many patients suffering from that type of pain as higher BMI than 28, uh, we definitely see that there's a need for uh, something more effective uh, because the f basics and the uh, physical knowledge about the fo focus shockwave therapy is completely different from the radial one, which is dispersed in the superficial tissues. Yes. However, the, the focus therapy is much more efficient into the deeper structures and also is better when we um, uh, want to influence the bone marrow edema. Okay, right. So you're, you're, you're using that in those patients and, and getting reasonable results, so you think? Currently, we use the focal therapy uh, as uh, our first treatment option uh, because uh, in the pending study, we gained uh, much better overall results uh, when we compared it. We didn't compare it to the another options of treatment, but sure. we compared it to the SHEM device, which was blinded. So, uh, uh, there was a fact that this kind of device or this kind of cushion which was placed between patient and the applicator was not delivering the shock waves into his body. Okay. And uh, thus, 
um, we uh, used very nice results and uh, uh, we use it as our uh, prior therapy uh, with better results compared to even to radio device, which also succeeded. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. You had a sham focus device. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's just a, uh, a small, let's say, air-filled pillow or a small cushion, some small membrane, which is put between the patient and the active device. But we know that the air uh, is not conducting the shock waves at all. Right. So that's why we use it, yeah. Oh, okay. I like that. Okay. Um, a very smart system to use, the, let's say, uh, even in your, uh, in your, um, in the uh, physio's offices and so on, you can use your own clinical trials to see if uh, this kind of therapy is helpful or not uh, when you just use a kind of Oh, this kind of sham device or uh, this uh, kind of sham applicator insert when you just put a, a small amount of air into the membrane between the body of the patient and sure. the application. Okay. So can I ask you what, something I think is going to be quite important because there's, there's lots of us using Shockwave that don't have access to ultrasound. If we go back to your idea of imaging uh, to almost guarantee where your applicator is going to be placed. Would would you say that that it's absolutely necessary to use ultrasound guidance in 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 treating low back pain, or would you say that it it still is going to benefit patients to to some degree? Well, if I'm speaking about myself with uh, uh, access to three different ultrasound machines, which are present in our ward, uh, I will definitely, and I'm uh, doing the therapy uh, with it. But I can imagine that uh, in some sort of patient, excluding uh, those uh, without any landmarks, uh, palpable, visible, or something, uh, that uh, let's say in fifty percent of patients, I will be uh, in the area of the facet joint when I use appropriate appropriate uh, um, uh, angle uh, uh, of the applicator and. Uh, also, when I search for uh, the typical um, uh, kind of clinical feedback, like yes. the pain which is present in the reclination, which is similar when we apply the shock waves into the area. So the elicited pain uh, is usually uh, same as the patient feels uh, in uh, the types of movement of his lower back. So uh, uh, when I um, uh, find this in my patient, I usually I'm in the vicinity of the uh, of the joint. Okay, fine. Because at, at the moment, I think when I've talked to a few people that are, are, are using particularly a focus device like I do for this, the reproduction of their pain is 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 pretty impressive that they, they actually does seem to give them what they suffer. And of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. without an ultrasound um, guidance, uh, that that is as good as we can get uh, yeah. to assuming that we're near their facet joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, we've got the same results uh, when we use basic settings and also good or uh, appropriate 
uh, applicator settings as well as in our patients. But we use also the clinical guidance, the ultrasound and the clinical guidance. Also because we uh, usually use the patient's data uh, for the study reasons. So uh, that's why we uh, are uh, bettering our uh, diagnostic options uh, and let's say more scientific principles than sure. just the pure clinical focusing on the pain, which is uh, elicited by uh, the application. Okay, great. Um, well, that, that's really interesting. Can I just ask uh, just a separate question, um, which is about um, treating the other areas of the spine? And I know that the, the, the contraindications that are, that are put up by ISMST are, are very minimal now. Um, but I do get asked a few questions about treating the neck area. And I just wanted to I just wanted to ask your opinion as to the safety of treating the neck on 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 areas that are a little bit more vulnerable particularly with calcification of the vertebral arteries and so forth um what what what's your experience of treating neck pain and do you do you have any concerns about safety um yes uh we have some data about uh, the uh, neck pain from uh the research of uh, our specialists because we know that a couple of uh, uh users of shockwaves did it in the myofascial pain syndrome of uh, cervical spine uh, a couple of studies which uh, use it also on and, uh, the trigger points and so on and uh, they didn't observe uh, any effects when we speak about the actual uh, or the application in in the axis of uh, the cervical spine or uh, the application um, around the uh, cervical facet joint which is sometimes the issue of the pain in uh, some percentage of our patients we uh, have conducted the um, vertebral artery scanning uh, using the ultrasound technique mm -hmm. of uh, Doppler imaging and we didn't find any kind of disturbances. I will be um, uh, careful around the vertebral loop um, uh, just uh, below the skull but yeah. uh, in the usual segments like C3 and below uh, I think that we because the, the vertebral arteries are covered uh, from the bony structures of the spinal canal. So that's why uh, when we use um, the low to medium uh, level uh, and energy setup, uh, we are on the safe side. And are you talking about radial low to medial low to, low to medium energy, or are you talking about both devices that that you need? Uh, when I'm speaking about radial, I will recommend to use maximum two to five bars. When I uh, use the focal device, uh, I uh, prefer I will prefer to use uh, levels in the lower energetic setup like zero dot one to millijoules per square millimeter and below okay and did you sorry i it just broke up there on the radial you would you would stick between two and five bar is that right no 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 uh two and two and two and half so oh i see more than two and half okay fine so two and a half bar for a radial device and point one two for focus device 
Yes. Okay. And 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 trying not to go probably up into C1, C2. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, well, that's good to know. All right. Thank you very much for that. That's been um, really interesting for those of us that uh, treat lots of spinal pain. Um, so I'd like to thank you for your time. And um, I think the only thing I'm going to... I may contact you again. It might be just... Um, I mean, is, is there anything where you've done any, any videos, Thomas, about how you apply the applicator to the lumbar spine? Anything like that that you've ever done before? Uh, thank you for inviting me in, into your podcast, James. And uh, I, uh, I'm really lucky. And uh, it's very nice of you that uh, you have invited me because it's a good opportunity to share my uh, knowledge about the treatment of lower back. So thanks again. Uh, regarding your uh, questions about your video, I've got some of them, but they are of uh, poor quality now. So okay. we are thinking about it for a couple of months. We didn't have a need because we usually... Um, we we are not uh, using so much this kind of, uh, let's say, uh, more commercial or video applications, even from uh, from the ethical results as well. Sure. Uh, we are oriented mainly uh, on to our clinical practice, but uh, and uh, in our clinical results uh, and results which are published in to, uh, in, in our studies. Uh, however. Uh, if you are interested, we may record something in, let's say, uh, following months. Uh, now we are preparing the new ISMST Congress in Vienna, so we are in the process of preparation. Then I will be um, uh, ruling out the, the Congress in Prague in 2021. Okay. Uh, so everybody will be invited um, in June 2021 uh, to Prague. There will be a very nice session and also there will be very nice uh, ultrasound uh, diagnostic session about the usage of uh, musculoskeletal ultrasound in practitioners and physicians and also uh, in physiotherapists. So sure. uh, there will be two sessions about the use even of the shock wave or radial pressure wave and also of the diagnostic uh, ultrasound uh, in our Prague Congress. So that's the, the, uh, maybe a kind of surprise for okay. the ISMST visitors in Prague. Will any of your results be, um, are you going to be talking about any of this in Austria this year at the ISMST? Yeah, I will, uh, I will speak about it in my uh, session regarding the uh, new perspectives, uh, new perspectives of shockwave therapy uh, in the ICC course, and uh, I will speak about it also in our neurology session when I have uh, my opening talk there. Okay, well, I, I plan to be there, so I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll thank you then uh, for doing this podcast for me, Thomas. Great, looking forward to meet you there. Super, thank you very much for your time and goodbye. No bye bye. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.